Yo, what's going on, listeners? This is the Real Talk Real Walk family, and we are back with another episode. Okay. Another episode full of energy. Mm. <laughs> Another episode full of knowledge. Mm. Another episode to destroy your ears with great wisdom. Oh, yes. Another episode to bring you the juice and flavor with a curry on top. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another episode to bring more character. Okay. Another episode to bring the special grace of God. Okay, that's enough now. <laughs> Back to myself, Gabs. Myself, Mr. Game Changer. And your girl, Ori. Nice, nice. How you like, big man? Not too bad. We move, we move. Oh, we are we are well by the grace of God. <laughs> <laughs> we are moving. We have breath in our lung. Yeah, I'm no, I'm good, man. Can't complain. Can't complain, man. Yeah, literally. We out here. We out here. That's good. That's good. Right. So, obviously, we kind of spot in the group chat about this whole pastor and that. A uh, bit of a trigger warning. Um, this one is a bit of a domestic violence conversation. Um, obviously, we've heard, or well, you may not have heard, actually, but there was a pastor who uh, assassinated his wife. Um, so I was going to talk a little bit about that situation and a bit of domestic violence. If you've experienced any domestic violence or if domestic violence scares you, um, then kind of just have it in mind that this is what we are going to be discussing. Um, without further ado, guys, so what are your thoughts on the whole um, situation with the past in America? And if one of you two can break it down for the people that may not have come across this story for us. Iman, do you want to give us the facts? Um, I was gonna, I was gonna let you go through. I'm just here for the opinions, really. Iman, <laughs> so, tell us the situation, bro. Um, so the situation that, as far as I'm aware of, or from what I saw, was a case where um, we had a pastor who um, had an issue with his wife. Um, some things were said by external parties, like. Um, you know, people saying that she's a witch or people saying that, you know, she's not good for him, that kind of stuff. Um, and he had grievances with her. And on previous occasions, he had um, abused his wife. He had hit her on different occasions. And uh, the, the point that I was made aware of this situation was kind of where her brother um, is, is, gets involved and then kind of like begins to to challenge this lady's husband, pins him to the ground, kind of like confronting him about all that he's been doing. Um, and so, you know, the pastor was saying his own, saying about this, saying about that. And her brother was like, look, this is, long story short, the brother was kind of like, look, you're moving mad and like, sis, like you, you can, you should get out of this thing. You know, like if he does, if he does more, like I'm, I'm really gonna, I'm gonna snuff this guy. So the guy was continuing saying that, yeah, so and so told me she was a witch, bloody bloody blah, blah, um, and then towards at the end of the altercation, um, the guy was like, um, watch, um, uh, what did he say word for word? He said, um, let me tell you something. If I don't kill your sister, then me, I'm a fake. Yeah, yeah, basically. He's a fake. Yeah, yeah those are almost right. his exact words. Yeah. And then the brother was like, 
Did you hear Let, that? Yeah. Don't Let's play call with the threat. police. Let's call the police and we need to get out of here. I I didn't want to misquote because I felt I, I maybe I'm just imagining stuff because I was like I thought he was saying something along if I if I be a man of God or if I yeah I think he said it, the fake bit yeah I think he said yeah if um, he said if I don't kill your sister yeah then yeah then I'm fake, I'm fake yeah fake. yeah 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 if I don't kill your sister yeah that means I'm a fake and um so after that situation um sometime after I think it was days after or so. The guy um, went to his wife's workplace, or yeah, um, and basically, yeah, and basically shot her and and took her life. Um, no, apparently, he was he shot her a few times, yeah. and then when she was down on the floor, he stood over the body and shot her a few more, innit? Lord. I mean, I didn't even know that, bro. I, I I did not know that, um, and that just makes the that just makes the story a million times worse. That that's, that's sickening. Do we have any idea what's going on with him now? Is he like waiting to be sentenced or something happening now? I would assume so. I, I don't have the actual facts. I just tried to look it up and I couldn't find I I saw um I saw a couple articles when he was arrested and saw the charges that he was up for. Um so I don't know if it's done, like he's gone to court and it's it's finished, but I I know that was up for serious charges, so but he's he's basically finished. Basically, yeah, I think so. The long and short of it is that he's basically finished. Um, but it's interesting because I was trying to do, I was trying to find out other stuff, and on Twitter, on Facebook, people were speaking, and then you know, on that that Sunday, um, people were still going to his church. People, you know, his members, uh, the members of the church that he pastors, um, they were saying that he's innocent. They were saying stuff like. Um, uh, this is a test. This is a test from God um, uh, th- that the enemy has been trying to draw him out sort of thing and that, you know, he's going to pass the test, that he's going to come through, that God is still with him sort of thing. Um, other people were coming out to defend him, saying, oh, I know this woman. One guy, was, I saw one guy, or I saw actually like two or three people in, in different one, I think two on Twitter, one on Facebook, saying something to the degree of, oh, yeah, we know this woman. You know, people don't know the truth. The fact is that she was impregnated by the choir leader in the church. And so, you know, she was sleeping around with other men. Um, and, you know, uh, I'm not I'm not saying that he's justified to kill her. But, you know, everyone thinks that she's everything. Everyone thinks that she's good and whatever. And I was like, you guys have to, have to be the dumbest people on the planet. Like, because the why are you why are you bringing why are you bringing that up? Why are you bringing that up? Because yeah, the I only reason why you could be bringing that up is to 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 use that as a justification for what he did. Because no one's no one's talking about someone being perfect or not. What we're talking about here is that a so-called man of God can murder his wife. No, even before murder, as a man of God is abusing his wife. A man of God that goes to church every week and is preaching and is doing Facebook lives and is doing all different lives and is ministering to people and you go home and you beat your wife. You have the audacity you know, to beat your like wife. I know, I know it happens like quite a lot whenever we hear of like someone doing like some crazy murder. But so I'm just going to put the question out there. Um, do you feel like there's a mental health issue somewhere? Or is that um, that we tend to throw around when people commit murder? When people, uh, yeah, when people commit murder? 
I think that is something to be considered and I think that that's what his legal team will probably maybe perhaps plead insanity or that he was not in his right mind. But I think to to talk about this man's mental health is to take away from the life that was lost and to take away from the seriousness of the domestic violence issues that took place. So, I mean, all we can really do is speculate on the state of his mental health. Nobody really knows. And I just don't really want to go down that rabbit hole because I think the domestic violence issue at hand is, is I don't want to say more important, but I think it's the main issue now because a life has been lost. Personally, in my opinion, that is an abs- doing going down the whole mental health route is an absolute rabbit hole. Why? Because when it comes to murder, there has to be something wrong with somebody's mind in order you you cannot in your normal mind say that you want to take somebody's life. So any every murder every murderer Not necessarily, you know. I how? think because I think in this type of situation, you have to look at, say, for example, maybe some um African teachings that might have come up, the issue of how some men view submission. We've, we've kind of talked about this in the past and how submission can be preached in African cultures. I know a lot of African men that will use that scripture and be like, well, I'm the head of the home, so what I say goes. And he could have been using that as a way of manipulating his wife to the extent where if she then decided, actually, what you're doing is actually abusive and I don't want to do this anymore, It um, that's when he could have decided, well, you're disrespecting me, so because you're disrespecting me, I'm going to kill you. And that is, like, I just think that mm. there are a lot of teachings that could potentially have come at play here. And, I, and, I, I don't well, know. I, 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 don't, I don't sit on that page, to be fair. I can't lie. Like, I think that's... I, I, I get what you're saying, but that that... that the teaching doesn't take away from the fact that you've got to, there's something that's got to be wrong with you for you to think that I'm going to get a gun, whether he had one or not, that's another issue. I'm going to get a gun. I'm going to drive to my wife's workplace and I'm going to kill her there. If the reports are true of him standing over her and shooting her more times, sorry to, um, to be graphic, if that is true, you can't that it doesn't matter whether you were indoctrinated or not. You've got to a point where you've lost your mind. You've actually lost your mind. Beating is one thing, but to take someone's life from to, to know that you've you've taken a human being's life from this earth, and this person will never be seen again, this person will never be able to love again, this person will never be able to build a family with someone again. If, if she had the ability to have kids and all of that kind of stuff, she'll never be able to follow or chase her dreams again. You were the one who snatched that from her. It, the doctrine bit, that, that that can be a contributor, but that does not, I, in my opinion, I don't feel that takes away from the fact that you've got to, you've got to have something wrong in your mind for you to go and say in your heart, I'm going to take somebody's life. That's, that's just my thing. I don't know, like, I get what you're saying, I do, and I think for us as normal functioning human beings, it would be incomprehensible to to think of why somebody would want to murder somebody, but at the same time, I also think that people kill for so many different reasons, it could have been an a, an element of control for him, maybe it's like, well, if she's not going to stay with me, then nobody else can have her, because I know there's there's probably men who have killed or Men who can, for example, if you can abuse in the first place, because before it got to the point where he killed her, 
he was probably abusing her. He was probably emotionally manipulating her, controlling her. Maybe he was saying that she can't go out and see her friends, etc. So there's there's probably clearly an element of control and manipulation that was involved in the relationship. So I don't necessarily think that he could have very much been in his right mind. It could have just been that this man has issues with anger, he has issues with control, and he has issues with manipulation. Do you think, like, you know, with, like, issues with, like, anger, manipulation, that can obviously lead to um, domestic abuse? Do you feel like you can see the signs? Or do you, or do you um, feel like the wife might not have had any... This is before the violence started. Do you feel like uh, people don't see it coming? Or do you feel like it's a complete surprise, complete shock? I think that with abusers, a lot of the time, they start off as very charming very nice to the outside world and often people who turn out to be abusers like people that know them outside of the context of their um, relationship will think oh this is like the nicest person I've ever met this guy is so nice I could never imagine him doing that and um, you would be surprised what people are capable of so to answer your question I don't think that it's always obvious but I think if you stick around with someone long enough at some point like when you're with them, the mask is going to slip, even if it's something really small. Like, it might start off really small, like, I don't want you to see that friend. And you're asking, why do you not want me to see that friend? Don't you think that's a bit controlling? They're not... the pers- Somebody who's abusive is not going to go from zero to ten straight away. They're going to start at one and then go to two and three, basically. So, mm. no, I don't think it's always obvious, but I think it will show itself quite early on. Do you know, I think it's interesting, yeah. Obviously, we know, like, when talking biblically, like, the reason for divorce is um, is obviously cheating. Um, Domestic violence is obviously not one that's mentioned. But looking at how serious and severe um, domestic violence is, it's it's interesting that this is not, like, one of the reasons that God said, yeah, this this, you can get a divorce for this reason. Mm. Um, Because he didn't... I don't think that when when the Bible talks about marriage, like he's not expecting men to be beating their wives. Like, I, I I feel like that's probably why there's some sort of omission. You think a whole God had no expectation? Like, no, I just think that, obviously, the standard of marriage, when you think about, like, godly marriage, you're not thinking, oh, this person's going to be beating that person up. Because if, let's say that we're all marriage between two Christians, if if the two Christians are truly Christians and love God, et cetera, et cetera, Abuse is not something that you would expect. So that's maybe why... Would you expect adultery, though? You wouldn't really expect that, though, would you? Yeah, it's also true, to be honest. It's, it's a difficult one, because obviously we know that there's, there's couples out there that have experienced... Well, there's people out there that have experienced domestic violence. This is within the Christian demon outside. Mm. Um, and it's obviously... Such, such stories and situations like this is probably difficult for them... Um, reading about or, or watching, knowing that they may have experienced something similar or knowing that it could potentially lead to maybe not them getting shot, but them being, I don't know, severely abused in such manner. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of difficult for, for, for such people who experienced it, um, being aware of such situations. But I definitely think it's something that, yeah, is worth discussing, knowing that this can happen even within the church, because obviously we know that domestic mm-hmm. abuse happens outside mm-hmm. of the church, but knowing that it's actually happening within the body of Christ, it's definitely something that's alarming. Um, yeah. Less of the fact that he's a pastor, because look, whether he's a pastor, a bishop, or he's just your regular Christian, mm-hmm. um, he's still a Christian ultimately. With a title or without a title, domestic abuse should never be excused irrespective of the role. I understand, yeah, we look at people may look at pastors differently, totally get that, and I won't negate it, but 
I just think, yeah, once once we see domestic violence within the church, then it definitely becomes a whole alarming, you know? Yeah. One thing I like about this story, we're not like, like given the circumstances, but one thing that I thought was encouraging was that her brother and her friend in the video that was circulating around the internet, you could see that they were trying to get her out of the situation. It didn't, nobody was convincing her, stay with him, he doesn't mean it, blah, 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 which I know that a lot of people are also guilty of doing as well. So I thought it was quite good that um, we we were able to see those close to her encouraging her to leave a toxic situation. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's... Um... It was good to see a, a a man involved as well, and the man was not the man was not saying, "Oh, go back to your husband," or he wasn't being like, kind of like the af mentality, yeah. kind of like, "Oh, stay, love your husband. Your husband will change. I'll speak to him." He was mm. kind of ready to, you know, he was livid. He lost it and was like, "Look, I'll I'll beat this man up." The video even started with him, you know, on top of the guy in the first place. Um, so I think that yeah, that 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 was important, and I think that encourages. Um, people to not be um, complacent um, when it comes to stuff like that and not just be like, oh, well, someone is being abused. Oh, well, just, you know, go and pray it away. No. But at the same time, um, from a lot of abuse cases that I've seen and heard of, they're very complex. And sometimes it's not mm-hmm. just as easy as just leaving your house and stuff like that. Like you've, you know, Sometimes the woman doesn't want to leave the house maybe because there's kids or she doesn't want to just up and go because, you know, maybe he can get worse and just go on a rampage. So it's it, it like domestic violence is very, very complex. Even domestic violence towards men as well, very, very complex. Like sometimes it's easy to say get up and go um, to the person and we want them to get up and go. But sometimes the mental... Uh, torture and mm. also the implications of what they're doing yeah. you know it's crazy and and sometimes we can't fathom it from outsiders looking in but when when you're inside the situation bruh like you know you you will try your best like um what's his name like someone like johnny depp yeah he's not a christian but it's just a, an example like his girl i can't remember his girl's wife yeah you know abusing him like weeing on the bed pooing on him no, but they were both abusing each other. Oh, well, well, yes, to to a degree, yes, but that's not the full story. The full story is she was she was doing the most, and him in retaliation to try and defend himself. That was the case, and that's what the the recent court situation has has proved. So even before any ladies tries to to do that, I've I know the story very very well. But the point is that for him. He didn't say much because he was trying to defend her and and try and like not make her mm. be put in a bad light. But at the same time, the the feeling of I'm a man and in my my I'm a big I'm a big star, I'm a big actor, and I'm getting I'm getting abused by the woman that I claim to love, like the stories will be mad. And obviously over the years, like as we've seen the stories, we've seen how crazy they are and like, you know what he's had to do in self-defense, which is not much in comparison to what she's done to him and how she's violated him. But the point is kind of that, the point I'm trying to make is that when it comes to domestic violence, it's very techie. Um, it's very, um, it's very, um, th- there's so many elements to it. Even the elements of like, especially where there's a lot of um, manipulation and control and stuff like that. There's a lot of, 
things that go on in a person's mind, it's kind of like a maze. Yeah. And you're trying to think, if I do this, what will be the result of going left? Or what will be the result of going up or down or whatever? And by the time you start thinking, the person in the situation starts to think about it. They're like, no, you know what? I'd rather just firm getting beaten up or I'd rather just firm getting punched because I know that, you know, it, it will probably be safer. Otherwise, if I tell other people, I might be dead. I might be, you know, um, you know, God forbid, but like this, this, this poor young lady, I think she was like 27 or so. Yeah, she was very young. Yeah, you know, you know, like you could end up like that and God forbid, like you, you want to live, you want to live a long life. So when you put those things into to context, it's a very, you know, it, it's not one dimensional. It's not just, oh, let's go away and pray and then it will be sorted. Or it's not just, oh, let me talk to the guy and then it will be sorted. Because guys people, that practice this on a regular... Like people, do you feel like people that... Um, um, do you feel like abusers can change? Obviously, I understand, like, but there's grace, yeah, mercy, I get <laughs> all of that. But do you, do you feel like we should be patient with abusers or do we no, feel like abusers happily deserve what they get? <laughs> no, you can't um, be patient with an abuser because by the time you're, you've even started being patient, you could end up dead. Like, I think that the first point, of course, should always, always be physical separation if more than one person is involved. If it's, if it's not too complicated, as Iman said, then I think initially there needs to be a physical separation before you think about whether or not this person can change. And I personally think that most abusers, um, it's probably like a childhood thing that's been there for a long time. So it's, mm. it's kind of like an element of their personality and it will take a lot of work and a very long time for that um, for, for the person to work out why they're an abuser and to try and work past that. So, so are you therefore thinking that abusers, to be an abuser, it must come from a place where you don't think an abuser could become an abuser within his adult life? Um, you, know, you know a lot of situations. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. A lot, a lot of times, like, not a lot of times, but yeah, a lot of times things happen or there's a particular characteristic that a person has and often at time it kind of goes back to their upbringing or their childhood mm-hmm. or we now say because they were fatherless or because they had daddy issues and we always kind of like make it go back to their past or their upbringing or their parents or lack of parents. Um so do you not believe that something like becoming an abuser could be something they could have developed in an adult life? Or do you think... I think so. No, I think you can develop it in adulthood, but there's probably... There will still be a trigger. So you think there's underlying underlying reasons that stems... That goes far back deep? Yeah, like maybe in a previous relationship, something went wrong or in a, the other person took advantage of the, um, the, the abuser in a previous relationship. So they decided they don't want to be... They're never going to let anyone take advantage of them anymore. And then from there, they turn into an abuser... I'm, I'm obviously I'm not a therapist, but I just I just feel like there must be a trigger for abuse because it's just not the normal thing to do. I think that um, I, I, and I'll speak from from um, things that I know um, out of things that I've seen, I've heard, and I know personally. When it comes to men, there are men who have never been abusive in their life before um, and have not necessarily been abused themselves. However, in the right with when it comes to certain pieces of trauma or just triggering to a certain point, something that you don't know was in you that was buried or, um, yeah, buried deep inside of you when you get into a relationship and that thing is triggered, then your some guy's response is to physically hit. 
it's like, for example, in secondary school, there's some guys who genuine, genuinely, they were the quietest, quietest guys, the people you maybe used to take advantage of them or whatever. And then one day they've had enough. And the only way that they know how to, the only way they know how to respond is not by swearing and effing and blinding is by to go mad and to go and don't know, get something from the DNT room and then come into the class and just stab you in the back or whack you over the head with a hammer or something. And that was, that's the only way that they, they felt that they could express themselves. So absolutely, the, your question, you know, is a reality. There are a lot of men, even for marriage, more specific, I want to even be more specific. There are men who are married, who have um, found themselves in a position of hitting their wives. And I've never hit a woman before because out of pressure in, in a, in a heated argument or something was said in spite or something that was said like that was way out of call. And the only way the guy felt, okay, this is not a justification. The way that the guy felt that, that he could respond was not by swearing because he's not good with words. He, he only knows how to be physically. The only way he knows how to respond is by hit, maybe hitting you, or if he doesn't hit you, the woman, he will smash the wall or smash the plate. And that's his external response to it. So, um, but then your other question, is there grace? I think if someone is consistently practicing that, bruh, there's no way. You can't, you know, you, let's not be foolish here. If someone who's never done it before reacts in a way that's uncalled for, then as a woman, generally you'd be like, bruh, like, You've never done that before. You've never behaved like that before. What happened to you? That one, you can get that address maybe with a third party. With someone who's doing this consistently, bros, uh, sorry is not repentance. And I want to make that clear. Sorry is not repentance. Repentance is the change. It's the transformation. And it's not the sorry. If you're sorry, then you're so if you're truly sorry, if you're truly repentant, then sh there should be the fruit of repentance. And if there's there's... Until there's that situation and it's sustained and it's being watched, it's being um, overseen by third parties and not just the woman herself, or if it's the other way around, if it's the guy being abused by other people that maybe are supporting you, counseling you or whatever, then there should not be any thought of, oh, I'm moving back into this house. So I agree. I agree a hundred percent with Ore in the sense that if it but mine is, I don't know what have you is with first timers, but if it's something, if for repeat offenders, no, this, yes, the person can change. Okay, let me make that clear. Yes, the person can change. However, just because you say, oh, baby, I won't do it again, that does not mean I'm moving back into the house. Nah, bruh, I need to see change, and that change needs to be proven and sustained, not just, oh, I will change, and then you don't do it for one week, and then three, two weeks after, you start slapping me again. No way. So it needs to be sustained. You need to be accountable um, to somebody or to a group of people that are counseling us that are like a third party or mediation. And, and there needs to be a level of agreement. There needs to be boundaries set in place. And then one can consider moving back into the house or moving back into a, a, a space that was once volatile. Otherwise, nah, it's not that I don't trust that you can change, but I'm not a fool and I'm not going to put myself in a compromising predicament. And I feel like sometimes we, I feel like sometimes as Christians, we act a bit stupid when it comes to grace and forgiveness in the sense that, yes, one can be graceful and one can be forgiving. 
that does not mean I need to put myself back in that situation. Even outside the context of marriage, like, you know, talking to exes and stuff like that. If you know an ex has done you wrong, nasty, whatever, it's not that they can't change. Even if they change, fantastic. But it doesn't mean that you need to open your life back up to them, welcome them back into your life. Oh, happy days, you know, I'm just trying to make it work. I'm just trying to be Christ-like. No, Christ, being Christ-like doesn't mean you're a doormat. A lot of it probably stems from love, you know. I think when you've obviously got like a strong connection, a strong bond, strong feelings, and ultimately you love an individual, it's so easy to, to play, uh, or sorry, it's so easy to pay a blind eye to their flaws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. It's, it's, it's so easy to cover up people's sins. It's so easy to cover up their wrongdoing mm-hmm. because of how you feel towards an individual. And it's probably mm-hmm. why, and I can only speak for like big mothers and big daddies, but it's probably why some aunties and uncles will say things like, oh, don't worry, he will change. Or don't worry, he's a good boy. He's just dealing with... You can't with be him. naive to people's lives, man. It, when it comes to physical abuse i really don't have any time for that don't worry he will change because by the time you've told her he will change god you don't know if he's gonna slap her another time like even the wife even the wife in that situation could pop could also be thinking yeah he's gonna yeah. change because there are some individuals who are married whether male or female um they stick around even though they've been hit once twice they stick around so yeah. this yeah, part no. of the wife she was obviously being abused but you know they were still in the in the relationship. Obviously, I heard that she was trying to get out. I don't know what get out looks like. I don't know if that's separation or divorce, but um, I do know, generally speaking, that some people they do stick around. Hence, why you hear stories and testimonies of yeah, it was going on for ages or months and so forth, because people tend to have this belief, and understandably so, can't take it away from them. But people tend to have this belief that yeah, the change is going to come, and they're faithful to God, they're believing God, mm-hmm. they're showing grace and mercy. And I think that love that they probably have for their partner is probably what almost clouds them. Yeah, 100%. Sometimes has them thinking differently or irrationally, so to speak. So obviously I've never been in such a situation, so I can't really speak on it, but I'm obviously just trying to think of of reasons and situations as to why people find themselves in. But also you have to understand, remember, many people's mums, many aunties were in this predicament. Many aunties have been in this predicament. I, I, I... I am not first. I'm not. I can't say this first-handed, but I I can say this in a second-handed sense. Where my most of my friends growing up, their moms had been in abusive relationship with their dads. Yeah, um, I'd seen cousins cousins in that predicament as well. I'm close, like people close a lot of close people to myself, and their moms stayed in it just because of the kids, so that the kids saw a good example of a marriage quote-unquote good example of a marriage but their dads were beating them their dads were beating their moms senseless and they were seeing this and so that's why some guys the, the, the only way that they know how to to make sure that a girl or woman or wife is subordinate to them though that should not be the case is by beating them because they saw their dads do that they saw their uncles do that and so as a man they feel like the only way to, uh, to affirm their manhood in the house and affirm their their leadership, so to speak, in the house is by beating these women. And the women, because they went to church, these aunties, they were churchgoers, mm. you know, they were in the choir, they're on the hospitality team. You know, they don't want to, they don't, even though people, and, and the thing is that some of their sisters knew, but it's just like, no, we just have to do it. You know, we love God. You know, the pastor said I should stay with him, you know. We just have to trust that God will change him, all of that stuff. And that 
and that brought um and that kind of brought a cycle of of bitterness to our generation and generations that go beyond us because it's like well i saw my dad doing that and then a lot of guys even end up going oh, i'll never be like my dad but then end up like their dads bro speak on it bro speak. Up, i won't i won't be like my dad but you end up like your dad you try your best and that's why you have to be very careful it's not about trying to be in competition with your dad you are not your dad you have to remind yourself you are not your dad but also you are not in competition with your dad you are on a journey with you and god and you have to let god transform you you have to let god heal you you have to let god deliver you when you live your life in competition with another person you will realize that you will find yourself in a place of frustration you'll find yourself in a place of bitterness and so where guys have n- tried not to their best not to abuse women they end up doing so because they're competing with something that ends up defeating them ultimately and so that needs to be spoken about and even though this even though we're christians talking about this thing there are many christian men that abuse their girlfriends that abuse their wives so let's not and, and abuse women in general so i'm talking about physical abuse not just mental abuse because mental abuse we use that a lot but i'm talking about physically as well and i i want to say this to the men i know this is not auto call whatever but i feel this strongly that as a man if you realize and you know that's an issue, the physicality when it comes to anger, you need to get that sorted out. You need to make it known to someone that can help you, to someone who can support you, to someone who can hold your, yourself accountable. If you need to go to therapy, get that therapy. If you need to go to counseling, go to, go to counseling and make sure that now make sure that you get whole and make sure that you get freed make sure that you get delivered otherwise bruh the thing that you said that you won't don't want to do you'll end up doing do you obviously you know you spoke briefly there about like parents and, and dads rather yeah yeah might be a bit off but do you believe in like generational curses i i personally do i do not ask this year for me Perfect. I saw it on Twitter this week. <laughs> for, me, for me, growing up, yeah, in my old church, yeah. bro, I used to bang at this prayer. Um, generational right. is hereditary bondage. Bro, all of that, yeah. We used to bang. <laughs> I get out. Obviously, I didn't know what I was praying for, but I'll just pray it anyway because, you know, I'm young. This is what they're telling me to do, so I'll be spitting, screaming and shouting, yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously, growing up, you know, you've got more knowledge. You kind of grow in the faith and rare tear, do you know what I mean? But I know, obviously, it's not something that maybe... Um, I don't know, this new age Christian then probably don't discuss. Like, you really hear such conversations on, like, generational curses. So the whole thing of, like, men not wanting to become their dad, but actually they do end up becoming their dad. Like, do you believe, both of you, do you believe, like, this generational curses and that sort of stuff? Yeah, I do. I do believe in generational curses. I do think that um, some things just run in families. I, I I think that you can be delivered from a generational curse. I do. 100%. And I think it does take, like Eman said, it's not just about, you know, the kind of mountain of fire deliverance, but you you need to put in the work as well. It's mm-hmm. something I've seen in my own life. Like, you have to go to therapy. You have to be prepared to do the work. You have to sit down and do the work. And I think generational curses, it also applies in terms of, like, generational blessings. Like, mm-hmm. you can see that people in... um because of one person's decision, you can see many generations of um, Christians that have come out of one person who who decided that they wanted to give their life. So I think it does go both ways. Like you can you can have a generational blessing. It's the same way God said to Abraham, like I'm going to give you all of the as many as the stars in the sky. That's how many children I'm going to give you. And because you because you were blessed, like the rest of your generations are going to be blessed. But I also mm. think it, it applies 
the other way as well in terms of curses. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I know some people might be, well, I don't believe in generational curses. Listen, I feel like this this modern, I feel like some of the modern day generation of Christians, we like, because, you know, oh, we don't believe in soul ties. We don't believe in generational curses. In science, yeah, if in science, okay, if I tell you, oh, slight digression, can I, can I do it? I, I won't take long. Yeah, but, so, okay, soul ties, right? People say they don't believe in soul ties. Right, okay, cool. But in, if your psychology teacher tells you about emotional bonding, right? Emotional bonding, chemical imbalances, um, I forgot the name of this chemical that increases when you watch stuff like porn or when you're in love and stuff like that. And babies as well, the chemical that they used to bond with their mothers. When a psychologist, oxytocin, oxytocin, when a psychologist or a scientist will come to tell you that, oh, there's imbalances or there's there's emotional bonding, there's metaphysical bonding of the mind and stuff like that, you will lap it up. You will say, someone now says soul ties and you now go, no, I don't believe in it. We're saying the same thing in different languages. And it's a matter of understanding. Same with generational curses. If I say generational cycles and generational patterns, they are the same thing. How can you tell me when people, there's the, the mom had cancer, the grandma had cancer, the great grandma had cancer, the no daughter has cancer. and different. That one, it's a pattern. It's a and cycle. Genetics. genetics. It's still a cycle, is it not? Yeah. Is it not? It's not yeah, a cycle. I feel like it's that. Like I understand the comparison you're trying to make, but I feel like that cancer one is a really bad one. Cancel. Really bad analogy. The cancer one. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I'm. I'm. I'm pretty much convinced by it in the sense that, in a sense that it is still generational. That's the point. Generational. It means in 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 between generations. That's it. It's not. I don't believe I'm saying anything like dangerous generational just means in between from one generation to another or multiple generations and it could be it could be hereditary it's still generational something that's passed down anger whether you want to make it spiritual or you want to make it very physical or very literal it's still the, the same the principle still remains that between generations these things are whether they're being shared whether spiritually or physically genetically whatever the point the point i'm trying to say is that if it's if in in terms of it being generational it's something that can be passed down or it's been passed down whether by active participation or whether it's spiritual or whether it's genetic there's some there, at some point one has to go wait hold up this thing has been repeating itself but mm-hmm. as a believer it's got to stop with me and that's the point i'm trying to make so for many of us like even no, I'm not going to go down that road. But the point is that for in relation to this, when guys see their parents doing whatever, more time, sometimes it's, it's, it's something that they've learned and they've picked up and they actively do. Sometimes it's just because they've seen it, they've marinated on it, and those things have festered in their heart, even though they've not acted it out, but the traumas of it, the pains of it, have gone undealt with, and then one day something triggers it and that comes out and it manifests something that even if you didn't want to do it, it now manifests because it was so ingrained into your psyche. It was so normal to you that it's like, okay, well, I mean, I guess this is normal. I mean, be, get, guess, I guess beating somebody is normal. Same way like when people get abused sexually, like when they grow up and you have conversations with them, many of them will say, well, 
you know, I, I, I got abused so often. I felt like abuse, like being sexually abused was how people loved me or I, I felt like it was normal. Yeah, so abusers. It's really common for sexual abusers that they were abused themselves. Do you get so it's like it, it th- and that's the kind of stuff that I'm saying that if if let's say for example the father was abused, the father abuses the son, the son now makes it a normality, and even if the son doesn't abuse himself, when he is abused, he feels like it's normal because that's all he's seen. Mm. And that's and that's why I'm saying it's a generational thing. So yes, I, I, I get I hundred percent hear your point on cancer and stuff like that. They're different in terms of the outward manifestation. It's just a principle that I'm trying to say in between generations, from one generation to another, or multiple generations, it is very possible to to see the outward working of mm. of a thing. That's what I'm basically trying to say. I hear that. I definitely hear that, boy. Uh, you got a scripture, bro? Oh, man. Whilst you're, wait, whilst you're waiting. <laughs> yeah, for me. All right, give us some last few few to the days. I mean, obviously, the, the topic has been really, really heavy. So, I mean, I'm just... It's really just hard to know what to say when we have conversations like this. I'm glad that in that... in that Like I said, in that woman's situation, I think the, the thing that we can learn from this and take from this is how to deal with or how to speak to somebody who might be in a situation where they are being abused. I think separation is number one, but like Iman said, it's it's very complex. It can be complex and we need to move away from, oh, let's pray, you know, everything's going to be okay and we need to start thinking about things that we can do practically to help abusers and those who are being abused. Mm, um, spot on. Um, scripture I have First Peter three seven. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the precious vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Um, so I think that scripture is self-explanatory. Um, the verses above, like from verse one to six, like. The emphasis is a lot on on women submitting to their husbands and stuff like that. And a lot of people love to use that verse, but not many people will go to verse seven and go, look, as husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way and honor your wives, like honor the on, honor the woman that you love. And so even I think this verse goes both ways, but this is a specific instruction to husbands. So and because we see more, we see more cases where it's men abusing women. Um, this is this is um, a strong case to say that look, men, if you're abusing your wives, whether it's physical or emotionally or spiritually, God says, look, God is describing that as dishonoring, honorable. So you are dishonoring honoring your wife, and your wife is a reflection of you ultimately. So if you beat your wife, that means you think very much less of yourself. You you you, you don't see yourself as valuable. But if you treasure your wife and love your wife, then the Bible says here, your prayers won't be hindered. So that's even another thing. If you mistreat your wife, you're hindering your prayers to God. And that's something that a lot of men don't talk about. But yes, this is a, I'll just round up by saying that, yes, this is a very tough um, conversation. Um, it's tough because I've seen um, a lot of things. I've heard a lot of things. I've I've had to, to deal with the sometimes the the consequences of this kind of stuff. And I just feel like as Christians, we should be wise and not just go and not not use grace as 
the occasion to be dumb and not be foolish or ignorant or naive, but use grace as an opportunity to learn, to grow, to mature, and to get wisdom in from. So from a council, a multitude of council, there is wisdom. Get wisdom from outsiders who can support you, whether professionals or people that are seasoned in your local church that will not be biased for the husband or for the abuser, but that will be very practical and give you the help that's needed, as well as trusting in God and knowing that he will be able to sort the issue out, however that practically looks like. Professionals, man. Professionals always. <laughs> it's not either or. It should be professionals first and somebody else, in my opinion. But yeah. Why I say that is because there are some uh, quite a, quite a few um, pastors are actually Christian counselors. So yeah, in that's a sense, professional then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Amen. Perfect. And also, can I say one more thing? If it's bad, please don't be afraid to call the police. I I just want to say that. And I've said this before online. Um, If it is bad, please call the police. Uh, Don't be afraid to call the police. Um, Don't be afraid to call the police. And I think that Christians, um, I know some Christians might be apprehensive to it and they'll use some scriptures kind of like what Paul Paul used on on a few occasions where he said, try and resolve issues by yourself. But I think that if a man is not changing and his behavior is, it puts your, your health at risk, your life at risk. And if you've got kids or things that pertain to you, if it puts any other people at risk, please, the police is there. I, I may be one of the only church leaders that say it. Well, to be fair, I know loads of other church leaders that will say the same thing, but please, if it's bad, if your life is at risk or someone's life is at risk, call the police. Please and thank you. God bless you.